Welcome to Time Travelling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Trisha. And I'm Paddy. In today's Rambling in the TARDIS, we take a look back at the second Doctor's time in the TARDIS. We will be talking about his strengths and his weaknesses, and picking out his best and worst episodes. We'd also love to hear what you thought about the second Doctor. So to let us know, you can join the discussion at Time Team, that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can email us at timetravellingteamp at teamproductions.com. So, um, I've actually been on a small bit of a Patrick Troughton kick as of late in mm. terms of every stuff he's done outside of Who. And one thing that I think is about him, I, I would kind of maybe apply the same to William Hartnell, because I went on a Hartnell kick after we finished his run, mm. is that there, for me anyway, their time as the Doctors does not define them as actors. I think mm. they were they're phenomenal. Like, no, granted, like a lot of uh, Trotton stuff that I've seen has come after his time as the Doctor, and Heartless stuff was before his time as Doctor. I just think, you know, like they're fantastic actors, and I, it's the one thing that you you never you're always kind of afraid of is that like, oh, will they be good outside of the show? You know, after they move on, or were they good before they came into the show? It's like, no, these two guys are actually fantastic. So, I would definitely recommend people to check out their filmographies. <laughs> Does this mean when we get to the rambling for part three, we're going to talk about Wurzel Gummidge? Of course. <laughs> How could we not? The same way that when it comes to Tom, we're going to be talking about his time as Rasputin and the, the insane, how insane he looked and also the golden voice of Sinbad and he's probably his voiceovers for Little Britain. <laughs> um, so yeah. And his book. And his book, yes. God, he's so weird. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's come back to this weirdo. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the way this works, we'll be discussing the Doctor's weaknesses and his strengths, and then what we consider to be his worst episodes or his worst outings, and then his best episodes and his best outings. And we're aiming to end on a high note. Yes. Kind of. Cool. Now, I think this might be the first time where it's like a 50-50 split on terms of weaknesses and strengths. For me, yeah. at least, anyway. Well, I have three weaknesses and two strengths. <laughs> cool, you go 60 or 40-60 split. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, what do you got? Okay, so for his weaknesses, I have three. Okay. I'm just going to say what the three of them are and then we can discuss them and see how they line up with yours. So, he is overly childish and petulant. Mm -hmm. Stick a pin in that one. He is, I am sad to say, incredibly fucking sexist. Mm -hmm. And the last one, and the one for me that is actually the it's actually the hardest one to accept and justify, which bear in mind, I just said that he's a sexist is he says he cares for his companions, but we often don't see that. There are moments when we do, but um, there are times when he completely disregards their wishes in a negative way that I'm not a fan. So those are my sort of three weaknesses. Did any of those line up with yours? Um, so I think it's, 
some of them did. I think was it the sexism part and the um, his childishness. I also have the fact that it, there are times where he could be an absolutely condescending prick. Mm. Um, I think Zoe got the worst of it. By far. By by far. It's because like whenever she showed intelligence, they're comparable to his own. He always had to kind of cut the legs off from under her a small bit. Um, and that like that just seemed like ego. It just seemed egotistical. Mm. Um, and there were times like where he might poke fun at Jamie, you know, and it, it just felt it. It didn't feel nice. Yeah. And like okay, I've you know had friendships where like I've had people poke you know poke fun at me in, in a similar fashion, mm. but I like being able to tell the difference between say like you poking fun at me and mm. someone else I might have known poking fun at me. It's like yeah no. You're being nice. You're being nice because that's just the way we do. You're being an asshole yeah. to, to person too, you know. So here, it's a, there are times where it's like, no, you're just being a bit of an asshole. Yeah, and like that for me, kind of ties that for me ties into the first and third thing that I mentioned, yeah. which is that he's overly childish, mm-hmm. and he says he cares for people, but his actions don't always reflect that. So, like when I say he's overly childish, I have no issue. With the doctor being childish, I think it's great. Yeah, you know, I regularly said that like Hartnell was like this little impish, <laughs> like Yoda like character, and it was fantastic. But with Troughton's doctor, it just went so over the top. The pouting and oh, what was me? Blah blah blah, and the constant sort of like, but I have to be the best. I have to be the best person in the world and the best person in the room. It's like, fuck off. No, you don't. Like, grow up. No, I, in, re- in reference to the pouting, something like that, I think that's okay when it's an enemy because it lends to the humorous aspect of his, you know, cosmic hobo. But mm. when it's with companions, then it's like, come on, man, you're, you're a 400-year-old fucking adult. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. just like that. You see... What's kind of funny, right? And it's the, I suppose it's the weird nature of Doctor Who is that, technically speaking, he is older than the Hartnell version. Hmm. But because he looks younger, I think it's sometimes like it's like he, he's written to be younger yeah. and therefore act younger. And it's like, like, like he's actually older. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just to skip the timeline a little bit, that is something we do see in the future. Yeah. It's like the first doctor in particular Hmm. is treated with this reverence respective of his physical looking age Mm -hmm. rather than the doctors in universe age. Yeah. Uh, Which is great because he's Bill, but like, yeah, (laughs) but it's just, it's just a funny, it's just a funny thing. Hmm. And because like, then you get the, the areas where like, people that are cast are of a comparable age to each other. So it's like, mm. that kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Where it's like, because Bill was older than fucking everyone at the time that he was uh, hired, it's like, oh yeah, he's the old man. And it's like, no, no, he's the fucking kid of the group. <laughs> he's he's some weird Benjamin Button to you people. Uh, I would actually, I, I would actually love to see um, The first doctor with like the 13th doctor mm. and her sort of not talking down to him that's not the way i mean it but yeah her taking him in hand yeah. you know as the sort of younger 
younger version, younger sibling <laughs> oh, type my, thing. Oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that would be cool. But yeah, I think the thing with the doctor, with that type of stuff, is like, like the way he treats Zoe is at times just so prickish. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why it's so bad, and I'm going to tie this back a bit to Victoria as well. He was meant to be Victoria's caregiver. And he regularly fucked off without her. Yeah. Or he just kind of, like, it was, she almost seemed like an afterthought at times. Like. Yeah. And like with Zoe, again, like, I think it's the difference between Bill's doctor and Patrick's doctor. And what, and what I liked more about Bill's doctor is Bill's doctor recognized his role as mentor, protector, um, that he was responsible for the people traveling with him. He recognized, particularly for the younger people who are traveling with him, thinking Vicky, you know, oh. Dodo, that kind of thing. He recognized his position as the person piloting the ship. As the older person, he recognized his position there. Whereas Patrick doesn't. Bill's doctor recognized his position and he reacted accordingly. Whereas Patrick is like, he wants to be friends with Jamie and then he brings the girls along for reasons. Yeah. And then, you know, it kind of leads into the sexism part then of like, well, the girls can't do everything Jamie can do. So I want to do something fun and actiony. So I'll leave the girls behind. And I was like, what the fuck? And like, there are times as well, like where he's just like, I think two examples of where I just did not like him were, um, Wheel in Space and Web of Fear, where he treats Jamie just so poorly. Like, he blames Jamie for losing the, the, ve- the time vector rod. And it's like, you fucking, like, he put it into your pocket, and the fact that it fell out of your pocket en route is not Jamie's fault. Yeah. Nor is the same that he tried to save you because he didn't know what the plan was. Yeah. For me, I think there's Web of Fear. Mm-hmm. Wheel in space. I agree with you on both of those things. So much of him with Victoria yeah. irritated the shit out of me. He had great moments with her. We're going to come to that in a bit, right? He had some fantastic moments with her. But it was like she was a side thought. Do you know? And then you have Zoe, who, like you said, yeah. you have a lot of his interactions with Victoria where he doesn't even think about her. He just leaves her somewhere. Do you know? And then, you know, he gets angry with her in Web as well because she told people about the TARDIS. And it's like, dude, like, she's a kid. What the hell? Um, The way he treats Zoe, and that starts in Wheel in Space. Like, he starts belittling her, belittling her before he even fucking knows her. And then, you know, the biggest thing for me that feeds in all of this together and brings it back around to that sexist part is what he says to Polly when Polly leaves. Yeah, you can look after Ben. You can look after Ben. Like, what the hell? Like, if that that had been Bill, you would have had, you know, oh yeah, Ben, you know, off you go, back to your Navy. Sure, one of these days you're going to make it to Admiral or whatever. Yeah. And Polly, you, you, my dear, can be whatever you want to be. That's a Bill response. Yeah. Pat fucking Troughton's response was, 
you can take care of Ben. Yeah. It's like, is all you're good for is to look, you know, it's like, it, he probably meant it the way since Odic oh, like, without him, you know, without you, he's, he'll amount to nothing. But it was like, but why can't she do other stuff as well as fucking look after him, you know? Yeah. He'll become this great admiral and you'll be there fucking playing housewife. Like, what the shit? Um, it's... I think for weaknesses, there are reasons that make it very difficult to like him. Yeah. And in some ways, if you were to look just at the weaknesses, um, and what would be a rambling about Trish mentioning Stephen, if you were just to look at the weaknesses, he would be on par with Stephen. Jesus, can you imagine the two of them together for a couple of stories? Fucking hell. You'd have fucking Stephen saying that, you know, there's always a fucking klutz, even though there's no evidence to the fact. Mm. And then the doctor giving out to her for working her mind out on something. Um, But what makes him different from Stephen and what redeems him in many ways, though, we'll see in a second if it's going to be all the way, are his strengths. Yes. So, Paddy, what do you think are... Doc Pat's strengths. So he is the Columbo of all the doctors in the sense of he um, um, somehow always manages to piss all of his enemies off it, and to their detriment. Like he's, he's so irritating to them that they reveal so much of their plans and they don't even notice of him unraveling their plans. There's actually uh, some enemies that the doctor never encountered that I would love to kind of see how would you react with. You know, like how or how would they react to your tomfoolery as such? You know, hmm. and he and again, it's down to Trovin's act. You know, his facial acting, like when he just pulls the sort of like, oh, did I do that? Or oh, I'm quite sorry that I did that. You know, type of thing. I, I it's great. Like those moments are actually really funny. Like especially in the underwater menace, where see, he pulls the dial off the um, the valve and he just puts the finger to the lips and he's like, oh dear, what have I done? Um. He does have some very tender moments, like you know, talking to Vicky, uh, sorry, Victoria about his family, and uh, his preparations to say goodbye to Zoe in the war games, and he's he does have fondness for. Like, I know that we gave out about his departure message to Polly, but there are times like where he has genuine fondness for Polly, mm. and as well like that, you know, like his previous incarnation, he's very brave and he's not afraid to put himself to the firing line. You know, he's not he's not afraid to what what is it, you know, what's the Captain America thing, you know, you're not the type of guy to like you know, lie on the wire, let the other person, you know, pass over you type Crawl thing. over you. Crawl yeah. over you, yeah. Like the doctor, you know, might throw his coat down first, but you know <laughs> he is that kind of individual. And throw do Jamie that. down first. Yeah, I know he would throw Jamie down first. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, there goes that analogy. Um, <laughs> But he'll lie on Jamie and let you crawl over button. Yeah. Do you know what it is? It's almost like there are times where like the Doctor sometimes reminds me of Tyrion from Game of Thrones. I threw a child by combat. Here's my champion. It's Jamie. I was like, ah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, how about you? I think for me, like there, there's two big things. Okay. Um, one is he's in many ways like a chameleon. Like he's like Columbo, right? Yeah. 
he will play whatever part he needs to play to get the job done. The buffoon, the entitled official, the German doctor, <laughs> whatever, the washer lady, whoever it is, he can jump into a part to get where they need to go. Mm. And then the other thing, and you said, is like, he doesn't hide his emotions. No. Do you know? Um, sometimes he could probably do with hiding his emotions a little bit. But he doesn't hide his emotions. Except that leads to some very heart-wrenching moments with people. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I hate the dynamic he has with Victoria for the most part. And I mm-hmm. hate the way he's with Zoe a lot of the time. But he has some lovely moments with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Which almost bring it back. <laughs> it brings it a lot of the way back, but not all the way. But what that does from a viewer perspective is we know when a situation is serious because we can see his fear. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Um, Again, if we're we're doing the comparison with Bill again, Bill tried not to show his fear. I think a lot of that was because he was aware of his position in the group and his responsibility to those around him. And he didn't want to show fear in front of them. Mm -hmm. Second Doctor no qualms this is fucking terrifying jamie go go hit it go 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 hit it because i don't like it whatever um and while there are times when it works to his detriment i think embracing his emotions overall is a strength yeah by and large yeah because like like I suppose, like we're, we're, there's always that famous scene of at the end of like things like episode three of the the War Machines, where like Bill just stares down very imperiously at the approaching War Machine. Mm. Whereas with Pat, there's an awful lot of like times where it's like there's the cliffhanger on that face of terror, like yeah. you know, and like so like I, like we talked about seeds, and it's like the silliness of being trapped outside with the foam because of you know the fo- but it's like the way he sells it mm. it's like you know with the handkerchief over the mouth and like he's got a very expressive eyes mm. his eyes are like um philip maddox teeth <laughs> they express an awful lot and for people to get that reference listen to part two of the war games <laughs> um yeah so he's got very like, like he's just a very expressive actor yeah. and that's what i love about the stuff that i watched recently is that he can get a whole lot across with just his eyes but I think based on those strengths and weaknesses, we can kind of firmly state that he's in the number two position at the moment when it comes to ranking excuse me, the doctors thus far. Yeah. In a two person race, he's yeah. coming in last. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so now we move on to the low points and the high points. So hmm. the way this works is that we will usually have two or three picks as to what we consider to be his worst stories and two or three to what he considered to be his best stories. Now for the worst, the third, number three is the least worst or it's the best worst as we like to call it. Number two is the middling worst and number one is the worst worst. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the best stories, number three is the bronze, number two is the silver, number one is the, uh, the gold. So... I what have you got? Have you got three and three, or have you got two and three? I have three and three. Okay. Um, I, I also have three and three. Yeah, I'll be honest. The worst episodes for me was incredibly difficult because 
there were several stories where I got incredibly angry. Yes, 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 yes. With him. <laughs> so, these are my three worst. Okay. I'm going to carry this person at this point in time. Okay. Depending on my mood, some of these may swap out with something else. Um, okay. Faceless ones, for example, is not listed here. Mm-hmm. But depending on my mood, just based on the ending, mm-hmm. it, it, it could make a difference. Right? So, yeah. my three, two, one. Mm-hmm. The Crotons, Space Pirates, and the Wheel in Space. All four very similar fucking reasons. Cool. I have <laughs> all of them. <laughs> uh, my number three is the Space Pirates, my number two is the Crotons, and number one is the Wheel in Space. Okay. Um... I thought I was weird with that choice, but <laughs> now I feel better. <laughs> Why did you feel weird with that choice? Because they're all from his run with Zoe. And there's nothing from the Ben and Polly era and there's nothing from the Victoria era. Well, see, I think that the Zoe is, for him, is mm. a challenging character. Yeah. Because the, the others, he he was always like, the smartest person in the group. Mm. Whereas now it's like, you know, those, you know, fucking school records, they're not really backing you up too much, are they? Uh, so when Zoe comes in, I think there's a lot more confrontation and that's yeah. where he's definitely at his worst. Yeah, I would agree. So what did you say was in your number three spot? Space Pirates. Cool. And then you'd, Crotons was two. Yeah. And, and I had, I had another round. Yeah. Um, so why don't you do Space Pirates first? Right. So, taking aside of the fact that it is probably up to date for me the most boring story out of all the 50 that we've seen thus far, his, he, right, his Hail Mary sciencing, his again condemnation of, you know, like Zoe's input, um, like when Jamie gets shot, Zoe has more concern for Jamie than the doctor does. Mm. Which again, you know, pisses me right off. And I, I but I, I think again it's the circumstances of surrounding the story. And I try not like as I said last week, I try not to have that impact my viewing of it. But because it felt like everyone was just phoning into performances, it just mm. felt like a very like like from all three of them, it was like, oh well, we're here now. Fuck this. Mm. <laughs> As opposed mm. to the sort of, oh my god, we're here. We need to get out of here. But whatever. It's just like, even though they were, that's what they were saying, it was like, oh, we're here. Yay. Yeah. Uh, but no, his. No, I get that they were in a like for Zoe. I get that they were in a very tr- you know life threatening situation. But it is almost like a shut up Wesley moment. Mm. But. When Jamie gets shot, and it's like this, there's no concern from it. Like Zoe is no, whether it was like a decision to kind of have you know the female companion scream to close out the episode or not, I don't know. But it's just no. Yeah, for me, the space pirates is in the number two position. I'll be honest, two and three are interchangeable mm. in many respects. Um, is. It's the arrogance. Listen to other people. 
do you know? So they immediately step onto the beacon thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's like, I, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Completely disregarded. Then there's also, so they get locked in the thing when they wake up. He crawls over Zoe to wake Jamie. Yeah. Dude. I forgot, actually, I forgot about that. She's right there. Like, she's on Jamie. Wake her first. Or try to wake her at all. But, like, he just completely ignores the fact that she's there. The fact that, like, his Hail Mary signs moment that we discussed a bit when we were talking about Zoe the other week, but, like, I get that it was a, you know, a decision had to be made. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Try it or don't. There's only so much testing you can do, right? But it's the way he just disregards her. You know, disregards her concern for the situation. Then when they're on the ship later on, and he's like, oh, well, like, how are we ever going to... She's like, I know. And he's like, oh, like, not everything can be solved by an analytical mind, Zoe. It's like, fuck off, you arrogant bollocks. Like, stop being such a prick. <laughs> And to your point, I think it probably is partially due to the performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably the performance that puts it in the two spot for me more so than anything else. Um, but yeah, it's just the sheer arrogance of it. Um, just when you were saying there, like, you know, Jamie's goes, I've got a bad feeling about this. I'm just like, remembering like an almost Doctor Who Blazing Saddles reference because, you know, like it was like, your Star Wars is for another eight years. It was like, what the fuck do you care? You'll be able to sue them. <laughs> um, so, the Crotons. Yeah. So, Crotons is in my number three because he has more positive contribution, I think, in the Crotons. The thing with the Crotons that irritates the shit out of me is the fact that his desperate need to be the smartest person in the room mm-hmm. is over the top. Yeah. However, like the fact that he's like, you know, oh, but I want to go in. I'll, you know, I'll do it. I'll be the smart, whatever. It's like, oh, stop being such a child. But the reason why for me at the moment that's in three and space is in two is because he wasn't denying that Zoe was intelligent. Do you know? Mm-hmm. He readily admitted that Zoe is probably the smartest person that he knows. He just thinks that he's smarter. Yeah. So... The belittling is a smidgen smaller. Just a smidge. And he gets sort of taken to task when he's doing things wrong. <laughs> um, the reason it's in my number two spot is, yes, there is the, um, what is this? The, um, the need to be the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. That really fucking irritates me. But there's also his treatment of Jamie. In the, True. In the sense of... Jamie has just escaped from the Croton ship. Jamie barely manages to get out. The doctor sees this. And it's like, come on, Jamie, fucking, you know, stop slacking hop off. To it. Yeah, hop yeah. to it, stop slacking off. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man, the, your fucking eyes. If you're going to get him to try and do something, at least, like, really sell the severity or, or the urgency of the situation, you know? Mm. Or, Jesus Christ, I don't know, like, fucking... Like, how about, you know, you send Zoe back because she's a fresh pair of legs and you get 
well, I know that Zoe was the more intelligent of the two, but like for fuck's sake, like if you're the, the, the most intelligent person in the fucking group, then you don't really need another brain box with you. Um, no, I just like that one was like poor treatment of both of them, I think. Mm. But that's not compared to what's in our number one spot. Okay. I I have described this in one sentence. Mm-hmm. I believe the wheel in space yeah. is his worst story due to his callous disregard for people's lives and feelings. Um, yep. Yeah. So, to break it down, his colossal prickishness to Jamie, mm-hmm. his early condescending to Zoe, mm-hmm. Despite the fact that he should, if he's an emotional person or emotive person, he should know that she's simply a child robot. The, yeah, like, and he, pretty much he just kind of uses the lives of the people on board the wheel. And his, simp, like, you're his. I thought that he was very heartbroken when the female administrator died. Mm. But it seemed more. Or it's an inconvenience. I think that Trouton's face sold it more than the dialogue did. Yeah, and I think we discussed this at the time. Yeah, he seemed a bit heartbroken about it. Not heartbroken enough to tell her friends, though. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the plan must succeed. Because his friends, her friends took him to task about the fact that he got involved in the first place. Yeah. And he was wrong. I think the fact that he sent Zoe and Jamie, Jamie, like Zoe is one thing, right? Mm. You kind of get a sense that she's been trained for this in some respects, right? Jamie had no business on a ship to ship, untethered spacewalk. Yeah. No, it's like, didn't. oh, but they didn't mind. Like, I remember when we were talking about it and we're watching it. I can't remember the, the, the guy's name that was taken to task or whatever. Oh, the guy Leo. who gets the girl at the end. Leo. Yeah. He was right. He was 100% right. The doctor is using these people. And he has zero regard for it. Oh, but they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. It's like, you don't fucking know that. Your one got fucking killed. And your two, your friend and your new acquaintance are in the middle of a fucking war zone floating through space. And it's just this callous disregard for other people's safety. And it really is the height of everything we've said before. The height of him sending Jamie into situations Jamie doesn't want to be in. Sending Jamie into situations that Jamie shouldn't be in. You know, because of weariness or whatever. His, you know, belittling of people. His assumption that he's the smartest person in the room therefore he has to be right all the time I was like oh my god yeah this is Wheel in Space is not a good outing for the doctor no not by a long shot and I'm trying to imagine a different doctor in that story and how it would be different I think Bill would still get angry mm-hmm. about losing the thing mm-hmm Bill would apologise, though. Yeah. Bill wouldn't treat Zoe like some fucking competitive genius. He'd probably celebrate her intelligence. Yeah. Bill would probably still send your one-off to guide them. Mm-hmm. But 
he wouldn't try so hard to justify that. Yeah. It would be there was no one else. I I think he would butt heads with Leo, but I mm. think he like when tempers had cooled down, I think he would have apologized. Yeah. And then if we're thinking about like future doctors, I mean, you put John in that John's doing the spacewalk. Do you know what I mean? It's Yeah. <laughs> John's a different type of character altogether. I, 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 I like I think I think everyone after would do the spacewalk. Yeah. The only reason Bill wouldn't is because is, yeah. they treated Bill like an old man. Yeah. So No, every, everyone everyone after Pat would do the, the spacewalk. Yeah. Or at least he'd be the one to guide them down to the area yeah. to do the spacewalk or whatever. Yeah. Um but yeah, Wheel in Space, um probably the easiest so yeah. over the last three weeks it's been quite challenging coming up with the list. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably the easiest one to put in for me. I think Wheel was my number one. The minute we finished recording it. Yeah. It, it locked into that number one spot and nothing came close to it since. No. So, we now have the best around. Cool. So, bronze, silver, gold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not Watch. What I said the last time. What do you got? This, this is why, okay, I was going to say, I said that my picks for worst were weird because they were all with Zoe. Mm-hmm. Here I have a spread, so I'm happy. Cool. Power of the Daleks, mm-hmm. Enemy of the World, and the War Games. One from each era. Nice. I was quite happy. That, that that's the mm-hmm. way it worked out. I have not a spread. <laughs> <laughs> I have got that spread on toast where like you just get the three quarters of it and you've got all the edges are still crossed. Uh so I've got Tomb of the Cybermen. Mm. Enemy of the World mm. and the War Games. <laughs> I Power is a fantastic story, and for season like for first stories for new doctors, it's one of the best. I cannot deny it. But I think will I do wheel first, and then you can. Do power? Yeah. Okay. Oh, did I say wheel? I meant two. You did, two, yeah. Uh, two, two. <laughs> um, tomb is, it's a bit more clear cut. Mm. Okay. In terms of the story, you know, because you know, we, we made the joke, how many fucking like, times did we make the joke about, you know, the, the whole reason for the rebellion on power was like, there's no chicken, ar- penny, arabiata in the canteen. Um, but taking that aside, right? Because it's so much. I think yeah, like there's just so something about it that everything feels so much in, more enclosed, and like we get some really good moments. You know, like that wonderful speech between uh, the, the doctor and Vicky, uh, Victoria. Sorry about remembering your family. Mm. Um, I love the doctor's um, uh, back and forth with that insane not quite so logical logician. Um, <laughs> his interactions with um, the, the cyber controller, um, his interaction with Toberman, just like, I, I really enjoyed it. From start to finish, I thought he was fantastic throughout. I didn't have, I don't think I had a bad thing to say about him in that. Over cool. to you now for power. So for power, it's the first story out of the gate, right? And it was a cracker. 
of a performance. Oh, yeah. It is a very interesting performance to watch because in the context of the show as a whole, it's our first post-regeneration story. Right? Mm-hmm. So there's nothing really to compare it to. No. Right? In terms of what we've talked about so far. But in terms of how he plays around, how he interacts with Ben and Polly, who are so fucking distrustful of him, Ben in particular. Yeah. Um, I do love his fun little moments with Polly. I think they're very cute. Yeah. Um, but we get some great insight into who this doctor would become. Playing the recorder to get out of the jail or whatever. Yeah. Um impersonating someone right at the bat that impersonation thing comes in straight away the emotions on his face and the admitting to his fears and everything everything i like about him i think the only thing this one was missing was missing was missing mm-hmm. was that like super emotional heartfelt moment yeah um which we do get in tomb but i think with the exception of that moment in tomb Tomb was just a solid story. Yeah. With one great emotional moment. Mm. Whereas I think power, you're, you're constantly going, what's he going to do next? Like, what's this going to be like? And how he's going to interact with this person? And for me, it's just like, it, it it drags you into the character and you want to know more about him. Especially to start because of how kind of untrustworthy he makes himself appear. Mm. Um, like, yeah, no, like, I, I, power was like, I think my my number four my number five um but tomb just kind of stood out a small bit more just for me like but like mm. again like they're both great stories like fucking they're both great performances from them. Mm. but we can agree on two and one <laughs> so enemy of the world or the patrick troughton show it <sighs> there's so much in enemy that's good yeah and uh, bearing in mind that we're talking about the Doctor yeah. in Enemy. We're not talking about Patrick, who obviously plays both parts. Mm-hmm. We're talking specifically about the Doctor. And I, I don't know, it's just... It's so good. It's when he's impersonating... Salamander. The Salamander. I've forgotten his name, thanks. You know, and that's I think, brilliant. Like, I think that's the sign of a fantastic actor. That they can legitimately make you forget that it's them just playing the, the other character. They make you believe that they are character one playing character B. Well, I think I think the scene that really sells it for me, and we talked about this at the time, mm-hmm. is when he's trying to find Salamander's accent and he's trying yeah. to be... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Because usually when we see him sort of play another character, yeah. like he plays the buffoon or he plays yeah. whatever, he's just putting on a voice or whatever. But this, we actually see him getting into it and getting into the mentality of it putting himself actually in the shoes of this guy. And the other thing as well is that like, he doesn't do it just because he's told they yeah. kind of have to prove to him that there's a problem. Here. Oh, like, no, like the, the whole concept of the story is like, I won't act until I get proof. And, hmm. and like, Oh, it's wonderfully paced. An amazing story. Um, but two scenes that actually kind of stand out for me hmm. are both times when he's a person like Salamander. Yep. One, when Victoria lashes out at him because she believes that... You which know, is brilliant. Yeah, which is great. And as well, at the end, when he gets... Um, yeah, fucking Giles, Giles to mm. reveal himself. Oh, yeah, that was very good. And it was just like... 
and like, I, I, to be honest with you, I was, I, the first time I watched it, and I was like, I thought it was Salamander. Like, mm. it, but that's, again, down to, like, fucking Trouton's acting, you know? It was just like, he made me believe that it was Salamander, completely forgetting that it's the doctor fucking portraying it. So, yeah, like, Enemy was, like, oh, he was so, it was so good. It was just like, he was great in it. Yeah. And, like, as I said, like, not trying to bring in the fact that he played both roles, he, the doctor, was great in it. From start yeah. to finish, because it was as you pointed out there, I'm not going to do something just because you said so. Yeah. I need proof. And the fact that he very willingly paired up with um, the security. Oh, with, uh, oh, he's holding with Astrid. Astrid. Yeah, sorry, Astrid. Uh, yeah, with uh, with Bruce. Yeah, like, he's like, like oh, like his crush on Astrid. <laughs> yeah, sorry, just to go off your, you know, fucking. Happy thought there. Um, like I always find it funny that the guy that played Bruce hate they hated fucking doing that story because yeah. of his thoughts about Doctor Who. And I'm like, if a guy that hated it, your fucking game it sucks. <laughs> and yeah. Like, um, oh, but yeah, the, the Doctor's crushing Astrid. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Fuck. Oh no, watch anime seriously. If, like I think what we should we should have done a rambling for like best supporting casts because he's had like. <laughs> Like honestly, like Trotton has had some amazing supporting cast for his stories. Yeah, and I'm trying to. Th- I've been thinking about this a lot recently because we keep mentioning like, oh, Moonbase. We haven't mentioned enemy. We always mention Moonbase. We don't mention enemy as often. But like, if you think about like, we should by rights mention, I suppose, power. We should remain. Uh, so I would say like power, Moonbase, enemy, web, bucket seeds, war games. Invasion. Inv- yeah, invasion, war games. I I sort I sort of consider web and invasion as one thing in my head <laughs> because it's, it's a lot of the same. Because, because of the, yeah, yeah, it's the, the unit stories. Yeah. Um, but yeah. going back to Bill, though, mm-hmm. I mean they had some amazing supporting characters too, but Not I don't know if there's any. I think the Romans. I would say in in how those characters played and how you believe them, I think the Romans is probably good. It's a f- usually the the great supporting cast are in the more serious stories, so the Romans yeah. is probably a, a, yeah. a different one. I, I think like maybe like the Romans and the Crusades, they're probably like the two mm. st- standouts for me when it comes to Bill Zara mm. um, and Marco Polo. I think in terms of supporting I, cast, actually, I suppose maybe the, maybe any of the fucking historicals, like because the Aztecs mm. was quite good as well, and so was Rain. Yeah, actually, the historicals for Bill had very good supporting. I think the, I think the, sciency stories, the future stories, um, I think they were just a bit more difficult, from a supporting cast perspective. Yeah, because I suppose like a lot of the supporting cast, like they were in prosthetics or they were aliens or something. Like so there wasn't as mm-hmm. much human interaction there from it. So yeah, the historicals were fucking great by Bill's supporting mm-hmm. cast standards. But anyway, back to, the, this man. Back to number two, Dot Pat. His gold medal performance is the War Games, as voted by both of yours truly. <laughs> we gave the story a five for a reason, mm-hmm. and the Doctor was front and center. One of those reasons, start to finish, he nails every single scene that he is in. He, it is the as we, it's the greatest hits of the Trouton era. No misses. Absolutely, there's not a single. No, there's not a single. I don't think we had a single attraction point about him. No, he has the impersonation side. He has the intelligence and in actually working things out without being arrogant. 
-hmm. He has the support of his companions. He has the emotional side, both in that first goodbye to Zoe and then obviously the goodbyes at the end. He has the fear. Like his fear of the Time Lords is amazing. And like that that scramble back to the TARDIS is yeah. so good. F- fuck it, we've got to mention the War Games as a fucking great supporting cast. The war, yeah, the War Games is a fucking fantastic supporting cast. Like it's such like if you take the strength that we've said he has mm. and the weaknesses, the War Games is all strength. Yeah. And in my mind, no weakness. I think power and enemy and tomb have a, probably a little bit of weaknesses filtered through them. Like in enemy, um, it was a lot of like, we'll wait until Jamie comes back. We'll wait until Jamie comes back. Zoe or Victoria was also out there, you fucking a-hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, power, you know, I wouldn't say power really has the whole weaknesses thing, but power he wasn't as defined. Yeah. Um, Tomb. Does he have much weakness in Tomb? I think I it's. I, I don't. I, th- I think it's. I think he kind of dragged out, sh- shutting the logician guy down. Yeah. Because like man, like you, like you know that he's an idiot. You don't need to tell him that you're. You don't. He, he doesn't need. Sorry, you don't need him to tell you that he's an idiot. Or yeah. prove that he's an idiot. But like war games is just strength after strength. Every single scene, even the ones that he's not contributing a whole lot, yeah, it's just no, it, 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 it's great. And what I love is that <laughs> this is me talking about the one of the reasons why I'm glad I had one from each era is I also have his first and his last. Yeah. He started strong, he ended strong. He had a couple of bumps in the middle I wasn't fucking a fan of, but he started strong and he ended strong. Which I think is something that you can't take away from Pat. Like, no, you you, you really can't. Because like I say, go back compare comparison. Bill, his doctor does not become the doctor that we start to love until Marco Polo, realistically. Yeah. Because it takes those first three stories for him to grow as a person. Yeah, which isn't a slight on Bill. No, that was character development. Yeah. and yeah, the doctor becoming who he is, and those three stories on their own. Or just a fantastic arc yeah. for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of knowing who the Doctor is, you know, who this man is and whatever, Bill starts and ends as different people. Oh, completely. completely. Bill grows in leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Patrick grows less, but he helps others around him grow. Yeah. And like you, you do kind of... You, I think more so... I think that's probably one thing that you can attribute to the Trouton era, is mm. starting with a companion. Yeah. Because like some like some people always kind of say like, oh, which doctor should I start with, and where should I, how far back should I go? And like you made a mention when we appeared on the Half Measured podcast that it's maybe better to start off with a companion. Mm. I think definitely with the Trouton era, like you can start off with someone. Now, I for a lot, I would say Jamie is probably the best starting point, but like you can start off with Zoe, you can start off with Victoria. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's what that's one thing that his era definitely started. Yeah, I think it'd be very difficult to start off with Vicky or to start off with Stephen. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't. I think with Bill, you have to start with Ian and Barbara. Now you can do what I did, and you can stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
see the difference there's actually and we talked about there is that there's a big difference and i even i even noticed it when i think realistically when power aired mm. it was after power everything became less serialized or less sequential whereas yeah everything up until i'd say everything up until galaxy 4 realistically it everything just leads into the next one, leads into the next one, leads into the next one. So even when like you do start off with Vicky, you do kind of have to wonder like what's going on with Ian or Barbara, and you know a bit more so than that. Yeah, and you know, why is the doctor so sad? Yeah, um, of course with Stephen again. Realistically, you'd start with Stephen in the chase, which is the goodbye story for the others. Like, and you're kind of mm. wondering like, oh, well, you know, where, why is this? Why is that? What is the other thing? Um. So yeah, Dodo, you probably could start with. Um, I don't think you need to start with the massacre for Dodo because she's not no. in it that much. No, start off with the arc. But who would start with Dodo? Actually, although I think I, I am noticing a flaw in my argument in the sense of everyone starts off at the end of a fucking season, like no, like or like or no, everyone starts off with the um, you know like, you know new companions start off. Uh, well, maybe the exception of Victoria, everyone starts off like um, at the end of like a, like someone else's journey as such. Yeah, that will change though next yeah, season. It will. That that changes with with John in a big way. Yeah. Um, John's ladies are, are different. So, guys, we have reached the official end of Time Team's uh, review of the Patrick Troughton era. Let us know what you thought of it. <laughs> we're going to take a week's break and we are then going to come back with the first of the John Pertwee era, the spearhead from space. In colour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also in weird... Oh, it's, it's actually presented more like a film than it is like a TV series. It is a bit, yeah. Yeah. Compared to some yeah. of the other stories. Like, oh, yeah. Well, we can talk about that more in two weeks' time. Yes. So, everyone, goodbye. Bye.